I'm Dave. I'm William. And this is the Digital Marketing Lab Podcast. This episode, William provides a guest lecture at his alma mater. I really was a business owner, and so I started when I was in college here um, making music, and so I made three albums, have them up on iTunes, get paid every single month. Didn't know how to market at that time, just I was always making my product, and so anybody that runs a business or makes products knows it's hard to run your business, market your business, and make products at the same time. Anybody know that? That lifestyle? Raise your hand so I can see what business owners I have in here are going to soon to be. Okay, about three of us. So you're eventually going to be. And so I started here, recorded my first album here, then a third album, and then I realized that I needed to make money. And so I started teaching. I started teaching the uh, GRE, the ACT, the SAT, and then I started teaching anatomy physiology. Like I said, I had a minor in chemistry and it made me a ton and ton of money. So I taught anatomy, physiology, ultrasound physics for 10 years, became a director of education at a local college and made a good life at it. But I was in a small college and the guy above me, Marcus Horn, was never going to leave his position. In fact, he's now part owner of that college. And so I knew that the ceiling was getting a little too close and I have really large ORU debts. So, So I thought to myself, this is probably not the life for me. I'm in education with an MBA teaching science. So that journey was a great journey. I learned how to work in teams and, um, and lead people that had been what, doing what they had been doing for 30 years, learning from a young grad. It was, it was tough to navigate, I learned a lot. Then I, I owned a couple franchises and, um, and a franchisee is more of a wantrepreneur than an entrepreneur. Wasn't a good fit for me. Um, you know, you're gonna stay in their bucket of how they do things and they really don't want you to think outside that bucket that's what you pay for the franchise honestly that's why you pay the fees the thirty thousand dollars and and you, you buy into their mousetrap and so i did that learned some great things and that's actually where i learned about search engine optimization i saw franchisors bringing franchisees into markets that they had never been in and they were competing and winning against the incumbents small and medium business uh small medium business uh, owners and enterprises and i thought to myself i'm a small business owner at heart i want to help them compete better. So I paid attention to those things. I owned a business in San Francisco, ran it from Tulsa. It was one of the most difficult things I ever did, but I set up all the things I needed to out there and flew out there regularly and had a lead tech out there and had all the systems in place for it to work. I learned a lot about SEO from San Francisco. And so then I, uh, eventually I came to this teaching end where I was like, I have to get into business. I just feel like God's called me to be a business owner. It's time to jump. We're about to have a kid. My wife's like, yeah, we can't lose that income. And then we lost that pregnancy and then I jumped. And so in 2014, uh, I jumped into Harper's Hut. We were best of the best uh, shaved ice in Tulsa in 14, runner up in 15, runner up in 16, runner up in 17, runner up in 18. And so that little deal went from one to six. And then I realized that it was a seasonal business with an annual cost structure. And so I needed to make more money. And so then I learned how to make coffee and tried to pair it. It didn't work. So I sat there and worked on my website so that I could dominate Tulsa because my locations were in Sand Springs and Tulsa's where the money's at in this market. And so I slowly rose to the top. And then I did it for another person and another person and another person and another person and then 50 people. 
and then 60 people, and then here I am today running an agency. And so it's not a clean, a lot of my friends that are already multi-millionaires here from ORU had a straight shot to what they've done. For me, I took more of a zigzag, a more of an attack approach. It worked for me, it's my story, and I love it, I wouldn't have it any different. Hopefully you get a straight shot to your money. So then, here I am in marketing. You would think with a marketing degree from here and an MBA, I would know something about these things. Unfortunately, the landscape changed so much from 99 when I came in to 07 when I left with an MBA that the teachers here didn't even know what search engine optimization was if I said that word or how to digitally market with Google and all of those things. So I had to get out there and learn from those that were doing it, the agencies, the best type of learning after you get out of here with some understanding how to track and be a team player and learn about where everything lays in the business world. So I know this is day one. I know you're probably not all of you gonna go into business, so I figured I'd start with some definitions and explain those things to you. So when people say these, and this is just the layout of the land, when people say search engines, you're probably thinking, yeah, we're thinking Google, right? And so Google is the biggest uh, search engine really on the planet. There are a couple others in other countries that are kind of just as big. But when we're talking, we're thinking Google. These others, Yahoo, Bing, DuckDuckGo, which actually does a whole lot less tracking you than Google. And that's probably why people like it and it's still there because Google's getting pretty intrusive. For marketers, that's great. For a person, it's kind of minority report terrifying. And so Yandex is another one in another country. And YouTube, you do, YouTube is a uh, search engine. It's what we call a vertical. And so it's straight down. You, you saw it there under Google where it had all those different options, news, videos, photos. Those are vertical directories. Those are vertical search engines. And now when you type something into Google, it's including all of those verticals into their main uh, search engine and that's one of the great great um, changes that they're incorporating they're taking all this vertical information putting it into the main search engine and so you have to learn how to navigate that and, and promote yourself or your clients if you're me in those search engines social media platform forms you're, you're thinking Facebook Twitter Instagram LinkedIn snapchat what am I missing so those are really the main ones um, who knows what the main one really is right now Instagram everybody's moving Instagram Businesses are moving to Instagram. I am really annoyed by Facebook. I still use it because that's where a lot of people my age are, mid-30s, even 40s and 50s. And, uh, but Instagram is kind of making the move. Unfortunately for businesses, Instagram isn't scrapable like Pinterest. It's not scrapable like Twitter. I know I'm kind of throwing a word in there that until you really get absorbed into this, you really won't understand what the word scrapable means. But these crawlers are scraping all this content and they're putting a picture of it out there, a snapshot for you. And so Twitter is very scrapable. You'll see people's Twitter bleeds right there in Google. That's huge for a business owner. Instagram has fallen behind. Mm -hmm. They did just make some changes. Like you can now add an alt title to your pictures. You guys notice that? I think that's their attempt to catch up a little bit with Pinterest in my opinion. So um, these are what we call social media platforms. And then digital advertising. Where am I gonna spend my money? I hope to God you don't plan on getting out and spending your money in the yellow pages. That would be the worst strategy. People still do it. I find people every, every year that are spending twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars on Yellow Pages. It doesn't work. You're antiquated and you're going that way and so is Yellow Pages. In fact, Google Map, that little section right there at the top of Google when you type in things, that's their attempt. They initially partnered with YP, learned how they did it. That's their attempt to cut the hands off of uh, their partnership. And so that happens everywhere in business. It's just the way a capitalist society works. 
And so PPC, that's Google AdWords. I'll show you a link later how to get there. Um, Facebook boosting, that's a form of spending money on digital marketing. Twitter boosting, which I have never had success with, but depending upon your market, it could be successful for you. Because at the end of the day, you have to remember digital advertising, the social media, the uh, this digital advertising, Facebook boosting, Twitter boosting, is at the top of the conversion funnel. And you guys have all learned about that conversion funnel. It's a real deal. The top being awareness, the bottom being I'm ready to transact and buy. And depending upon what industry you're in, whether they're in a crisis and looking for you when they buy, you're so lucky to be marketing that person, i.e. an HVAC or a plumbing company. Those people are looking for you not when they're researching you, but when there's something broken in their home. And so you want to be in all of these places, but PPC is bottom of conversion funnel. That's Google AdWords, Bing AdWords. But Facebook boosting and Twitter boosting, it's real more of social shares, likes, the awareness. It's the top. It doesn't convert very high. Um, what will always convert well is um, word of mouth, you know, just having a good name, responding to your, your business. Search engine marketing, we're really talking about pay-per-click ads. One day when you have a business, you're going to have to spend money on marketing, right? You've learned uh, accounting with Terry Unruh. Who's had Terry Unruh? Awesome. Who's a business major? Okay, sweet. So you will have Terry Unruh. So if you're going to do marketing and you're like, hey, I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to have an idea one day. There's your link right there, ads.google.com. That's where you're going to go and learn a little bit about Google Ads. And you can always do research on YouTube. You know, There's enough information. For digital marketing agencies like myself, there's enough information out there on YouTube where you can learn anything you want to. It's just starting. Um, and then when I say content management system, so in digital marketing, everything yeah. revolves around the website. And then we build everything on the website. You can't have anything if you don't have a website. And so when we talk about websites, they have to be built in something. And we're talking about a content management system. When you hear this word, you're going to hear CMS, content management system. How did you build it? Where did you build it? What did you build it in? Content management system. And so there are many, many different options, Drupal, Joomla, Magento, ModX, Squarespace, Wix, Weebly, WordPress. We're strictly a WordPress developer. And that's the reason being is we develop mostly for business owners that are eventually going to uh, do some of the uh, development in-house or have the opportunity to do it in-house. It's very easy to hand it over to them. They don't need a whole lot of HTML, CSS, uh, jQuery skills to upgrade their site. If you're uh, working for a more expensive client, you know, you go out there and you become the digital marketer for somebody. You might eventually be working in one of these custom management systems, custom built for that client. In that case, you would definitely want to have a little bit of HTML, CSS, jQuery. If you're in digital marketing, you're going to need to understand HTML. Who knows what HTML is? CSS, jQuery. So those are major, major advantages. And you don't have to know the whole language, honestly, if you just know the layout or the landscape. Like anything in college, you're going to learn how to pass tests. It's all about the language. Once you know the language, the tests are really easy. So social media management, SMM. When we're talking about this, or social media marketing, when we're talking about this type of ad spend, we're talking about Facebook ads, Twitter ads. But remember, top of the conversion funnel. We're really getting likes, shares, um, impressions, maybe some click-throughs. Very low conversion. And this is not where you're like, hey, you know, I'm going to de develop this uh, business plan and we're going to have $250 in our Facebook account, our marketing budget. And that's how we're going to kick off our business. And that's how we're going to start. We're going to start bootstrapping it. That's not going to work. I, I spend $250 in a couple hours. It doesn't go anywhere. I can spend $250 on a Twitter ad 
Um, and Twitter will spend your money like that. Anybody experience that? Spend it like that. And you, it won't give you anything. And so these, these are top of conversion, building your following. The best way is to just start interacting people that are talking about those things and building your following that way and people that like you and like your product. So um, content marketing. This is really a big part of what I do all day long. I stand in front of two monitors at 36 degrees north. That's how I met Big Weinkoff. And so I run my agency there. I have it siloed. My United Kingdom, I have my content writer who I hire. And because I can't do it all as an agency. And I have a um, web developer that works for me, also lives here in town from ORU, was in the music department. We both left here musicians. And then I have a uh, off-page, a graphic design guy who works at 36 Degrees North and does off-page uh, SEO for me as well. And so what I do is I manage these projects, make sure that the money that came in is getting spent properly, and I track them, make sure we're going up in Google like I said we would. Um, and so in content marketing, that's, that's a really big piece of this whole digital marketing thing. This is kind of like the, the free piece. So when we're talking about content marketing, it really revolves around having a website and a homepage, which is what we call slash, you know, that URL, whatever your URL is, mybusiness.com, that's what we call slash, that's the homepage. And so your cornerstone pages will be those other pages that you have up there in that menu. Um, and so if, if you ever have looked at some type of program like Hotjar, Hotjar will let you actually see um, like a, um, an imprint of where people actually go. It shows this whole action cloud, and then it actually um, records everyone's actions. So I can see where your cursor is and where you scroll and how you interact with my website. I can watch that. And so I watch those and see where you are and how you're interacting, where I need to put a call to action, what needs to be changed. And so what you find out is when you run a program like Hotjar is you see the majority of people stay right there on that top menu. And so making sure that that's the most, um, you know, closing at the highest rate that it can is the most important thing. Cornerstone pages, we usually will only have four to seven very important things up there. We start junking it up and clunking it up. People start getting lost in your funnels because it's all about funnel to conversion, whatever your conversion is. And so blog, this is the most powerful. You didn't know this, but now you do. The blog is the most powerful link on any website. Whenever I want to see how good a business is, I just go to their URL.com slash blog. Maybe they've changed the URL that I have on mine, but once I find where that blog is and I see the content that they have nested in there and I run it through a couple of my programs and I find out how well Google likes it, how many keywords Google's giving them, how much traffic they're gaining for free. If I can A, yes, or B, no, sell my client's product, if I have a page like theirs and I grow it a little bit taller called Skyscraper, then I know that I can bring conversions into my client's funnel. And so it's all about the blog because you can do that yourself once you learn a couple unique skills about blog writing. It's called SEO copywriting. Nothing like college writing. Completely different. Completely different. You try to use your college writing skills on an SEO blog and it will go nowhere. You try to say a couple lyrics from your song or your poetry that you just wrote into a blog page thinking it's going to help people find your book. It will go nowhere. But if you're writing some magical story about something like frogs and you can connect it to some really popular story about frogs that people are searching and then you can write about it and say at the end and here's our book that's very similar you're piggybacking on what already exists because that's what digital marketing is digital marketing isn't creating a mousetrap although you can be disruptive that way if you've got enough money it's finding a mousetrap queries searches that already exist getting right up under them getting above them. That's, that's digital marketing, getting above them by being pay, paying for the ads. 
And so press releases, press releases, even though it's kind of deprecated with Google a little bit, it's still very valuable. It's called syndication. Those words are um, interchangeable. It still helps you get your information out to many sources, and it brings you a ton of backlinks, which you'll learn one day what a backlink is. Um, very powerful. And then outreach blogging, which is where you find somebody in your niche or in your space, and you're like, let me write for your site, and then link back to my site, and then you get gain this uh, inbound link. It's, very, it's a very powerful method as well. Uh, and then so the website, like I mentioned, everything hinges on the website. And so this whole class, this whole digital marketing class, if you don't have a website, uh, you're wasting, wasting your money doing digital marketing. It's just the, it's just the reality. Um, so there are reasons people are looking for websites on, online, and there's, there's three reasons. Um, first is navigational search. Second is informational search. And then the third is transactional Transactional, informational, and navigational. So the ones that typically turn into leads are going to be transactional. With whenever you build whatever you're going to build, you have to be in all three. You do. You do want you want to spend your digital marketing more on transactional-based queries. If we look at the the old-fashioned who, what, where, when, why, and how, you might find a lot of them under who or how, um, but you'll figure those out. And so I'll show you a resource on how to find those out with those, what you think are the transactional queries and what you're trying to do, or what your employer will one day do. So when I use this word query, and I use this word query all day long, it's a web search query, is a query that a user enters into a web search engine to satisfy his or her information needs. So when I go to Google and I type up ORU, that's a query. When I type in Oral Roberts University, that's a second query. When I type in best school in Tulsa, that's a third query. When I type in should I go to TU or ORU, that's a fourth query. And now I have a um, kind of like a transaction. Google can see all of that, where I went, where I went next, how long I spent there, what I looked at next, where I went next, and it sees my process. And in that process, it tries to guess what you're looking for. And obviously, you as a smart searcher are getting, uh, going to a source, seeing some buzzwords that you think might get you closer to where you're actually looking for. You go back, type another query, you go and you look, and you find what you think, and you might see some type of buzzword that th you might think is getting you a little closer to what you're looking for. Google's algorithms are trying to match that because that's what they're in the game of, is putting the right stuff in front of their searchers, you and I. Uh, so we're their clients, and of course they make all their money on ads, but what we're talking today is a little bit of both free search engine optimization and, and marketing. So measure, measure your digital marketing. At the end of the day, if you're just blowing money because you're rich, that will end. Unless you keep winning the lottery because it hits like 750 million or billion or something, million sometimes. Who would like to win that $750 million? I just would like, you know, 750 people win a million. But that's just me. And so um, anyway, so you want to track what you do. You don't want to just spend money and have no clue how it, what happened. So we use these tools like Google Analytics. And, and I, this is the actual link. I always just go google.com slash analytics, and it takes me there. You'll put this analytics on the backside of your website, and it will show you where all the people are coming from. It'll show you age, show you states, cities show you some uh, interest reports. It's really, really interesting what, you guys keep hearing Google in front of the government? 
you know, I'm really close to that because I can see all the data that they can find about us. It's really, really nuts. Um, other than first name, last name, your home address, they've got just about anything they need to help a marketer sell more uh, effectively. Google Data Studio is how I present reports to clients. And so there are reporting software out there. You can find a, a million of them. Google Data Studio allows you to pull information from Google Analytics, Google, Web, uh, Google AdWords. It allows you to pull outside source information, like if you had information from your Facebook analytics and your Twitter analytics. allows you to present it in one sheet so that you can compare and look at it side by side or, or aggregate it. And so this is really good because you don't have to know anything about PHP or anything like that. It's just point, click, and drag, and you make this beautiful dashboard. It's really, really uh, made for business owners and, and digital marketers that aren't maybe necessarily HTML, CSS um, savvy, but they are marketing savvy, and they know how to do data analysis and, and track their success, um, saying dollars over conversions and things like that. Google Tag Manager is a – it's just – it's a more of a technical place, but I always use Google Tag Manager because there are scripts. Every time you want to track something on a website, you kind of have to add a script. Instead of having a bunch of different scripts in your website firing on the, on the pages that people go to, what you do is you nest it in a program like Google Tag Manager, and it manages, manages all your tags. And you hide them because nothing can be hidden from anybody when it comes to websites. I can hit control U and I can look at everything in your code, find out exactly what you're using, what you're doing, what I need for myself. There are so many programs out there that I can just run yours through and see exactly what you're using that's effective for you. And I can duplicate that mousetrap. It's really simple. So what we do is we nest a lot of that in our Google Tag Manager, just kind of hide it, like remarketing, uh, Google AdWords, the Facebook Pixel, the Twitter, uh, Instagram Pixel, things like that. So these are other tools that I use daily, I mean, not, and I mean daily, Google Webmaster Tools. So when you build a website, and you should, in college I built my first business. It was called loudwallet.com. In 99, it was a place you could find all the funny websites on the web. YouTube was a dating site. I created this place where you would go and find all these funny videos, and I made money on clicks. And so people would click these stupid ads at uh, Commission Junction, and uh, me and my partner here, who is also a business uh, um, student on, on the basketball team, Jonathan Barnett, who runs a franchise in Colorado, um, we started businesses together. Our next business was a um, fireworks uh, stand. So we had $3,000, and then we uh, made $15,000. I supplied the wood. Um, he put the money up. We bought the went to drove to Kansas after, in the summer, put it together, ran it, called it College Fund, and and so that's what you you kind of need to do too if you're going to get into business. You got to start iterating, start kind of getting your your uh, feel and your vibe of who you are as a business owner. And so um, so Google Webmaster Tools is where you tell Google, hey, I have a new web property. And so you go in there and you can watch YouTube and show you how to submit your web property uh, very quickly. You'll do the same thing with Bing, bing.com slash webmasters. Hrefs is um, not a free product, but this is how when you start a business and you're like, hey, William, what's up? I'm at 36 degrees north. I want to show you my new property. I throw your property into Hrefs and I know everything that's going on about it. I know who's linking back to you. I know what keywords your pages rank for. I know the quality of your website pretty quickly. And so that's how I jump into all these verticals. Because in my industry, the easiest thing and the best thing is to get into a niche. 
When you're in a niche, it's much easier because they, it's basically the same buyer profile for the people buying sites from you, B2B, because then you become, you know, I am a B2B, but my B2B is like anybody that runs a business. And so their buyers, I have to figure out their buyers, their buyer profile. You get into a niche and you can get your buyer's profile pretty much down where you can charge more because you know what your expectations are. And then you can kind of learn the, their B2C, what their client's about. So in the HREFs, it gives me all this information about people that are in their verticals and what they're doing to be successful. And that's why when I do a competitive intelligence report and show them they're doing all of these things, um, that's where I give them that data and say, hey, look, they're doing these things. It's working. You should too. How are we doing on time? Do we have 10 minutes? Okay. So um, Screaming Frog is what I use. It's a free program you download and it just, you run a website through it and it tells you all the things you're doing wrong technically with your HTML and CSS. This, these things will hold you back in, in regard to digital marketing, having a technically sound, you don't have to be a wizard, you just use the right tools. And so Screaming Frog helps you, helps you to know when you've uh, messed up on your H1s, your H2, your content, um, duplicate content, thin content, things like that. That's what we use. We run our websites through that we went run competitors through that and we see if we have a technical advantage or what are they doing that maybe we could uh, snipe something from yoast when you get out uh into the summer and you're like man that guy that was like so ridiculous about digital marketing he mentioned this company yoast and so yoast is a massive massive player in this industry they're one of the leaders they're like one of the grandfathers and so they make a uh, optimization plugin. When you build a website in WordPress, you'll have to have Yoast. Yoast is like a game changer. But if nothing else, you can go there and start reading their content because here's the amount of information about digital marketing and here's your ability to keep up. It's just all things right now in this world are like that. Not, not all things, but some in industries, this industry is one of them. Um, it's where the, the breadth and dearth of knowledge is so much more than one person can really stay on top of. So you have to pick your sources. And so Yoast would be one. Moz, um, it's where you do directory cleanup. You'll learn more about directories, but basically Google works like this. Um, you know, I was not the most popular kid at ORU. There were just some people that were just so popular. Everybody loved them. Everybody flocked to them. Everybody knows who I'm talking about, right? It's just for whatever reason, they're not, they're kind of sometimes shallow, but people just love them. It's crazy. Google, Google has that same reality. They like the most popular kids. What is the most popular kid? The person with the most backlinks. And so Google runs off that model. It works. I go with it. And so Moz helps you kind of get some backlinks, some directories with your name, address, phone, which is what we call now. So Yext is a more expensive directory management. It's like 500 a year, so worth it. Um, but when you're starting up, it's a little bit tough to stomach that. But this is more of like, you pay for it, when you stop paying, it removes it. This is kind of like, um, it throws it into the directories and it actually sticks. So that's like 100 a year, that's 500 a year, much better. Uh, but I run a lot of businesses off of this. Hrefs is also a major source. So if you're like, who do I learn from? Yoast and Hrefs. Hrefs.com slash blog. And you'll find all their big data. And they're massive into big data. And that's where a lot of my theory comes from. And it's just, they do what I do. They write skyscraper blogs. And so when I started this um, several years ago, 500 words was the blog size. You write a 500 word blog and it should go right in the trash. It won't go anywhere. And so... Um, Neil Patel, who's a major digital marketer, changed it. Um, Moz changed it. And really, honestly, Ahrefs changed it. 
Now you're writing 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 complete guides. That's where we're at with, with content management and creation. So more tools being webmaster tools. This remember the webmaster tools, all the web, all the major search engines will have something like this. It's just how do they find you? Help them. Submit your URL, submit your XML sitemap there so that they can come crawl you. Um, the other way they'll find you is when other sites link to you, but that takes time. You don't create a website and have backlinks. Um, unless you have some secret um, stuff, sauce I'll have to buy from you. G Suite and Office 365, this is how we manage our business. You're going to choose one or the other. They all have the same products under different labels. Uh, Office 365, which in college we're used to Word, PowerPoint, Excel. We're, we're used to that. So Office 365 is like their attempt. You know, They're a hardware-based company trying to compete in the cloud space. So it's not as... It's not as easy to um, collaborate. G Suite is the same thing created in the cloud. So it doesn't have near the functionality. It's not nearly as robust. It can't be pushed as far as Office 365. Really big enterprises are gonna use Re Office 365. Really s small and medium-sized businesses will probably trend towards G Suite. It's created by Google. You can't go wrong with using their products. In fact, I, I use both. I love both, um, but I use G Suite to run my own business. Google My Business. If you have a physical location or if you're a service, you have to have a Google My Business. This is a free listing, um, and I think the Google business, My Business um, pages in my account get somewhere 100,000 views a, a month or more. Um, maybe it's a lot more. I can't remember. It's either 100,000 or 600,000. I can't remember. So um, you also get one in Bing Business pages. You get them both. They're free, and you can optimize them. And you can link back to your website and you create this very synergistic presence, this digital marketing presence. This is the free side of the digital marketing spectrum. It's called the SEO side, the search engine optimization side. That's who I am. I'm a lead SEO analyst. I also run PPC ads, but this is where my main skill is. So when you're making a website, the costs can pile up. You can get free images. You can pay for them. I pay for tons every month. Pixabay is on Splashware is where I started. I did start building websites, putting five megabyte images up on websites. Don't ever do that. Don't ever, ever do that. Five megabytes isn't a lot for us, right? Yeah, five megabytes, who cares? Websites, that's way too massive. On a web page, you're looking at less than 2.5 megabytes. You want it to load now, because everything is mobile first, less than 1.5 seconds. It's a very hard line to follow, but you have to follow it. So you keep your images less than 100 KB. Less than 100 KB, imagine that. You can't get everything there, but that's the line we shoot for. So you're taking these, dropping them into Photoshop, dropping them into those other programs, reducing the size, squashing them, adding some metadata, using them in your web pages. All right, and so Google suggests. So now Google adds this thing where you start typing and then it thinks to what you're trying to say. What is that? That's what other people said. So what does that tell us? It tells us what other people have searched. Those are true queries and it will list you in the rank of popularity. And so you will use that to your advantage when you're writing content, when you're building pages, when you're trying to figure out where are the transactional queries that people are searching and who's there and how do I get there? And so I use a program, Answer the Public, that's really mean dude, and it's just this website that scrapes Google Suggest. And so I'll put like a keyword or key phrase in and he'll show me everything in regard to Google Suggest. He aggregates it and then shows you in the who, what, when, where, why, how, and the A, B, C, D, F, all the way to Z. 
And then I get to pick what I want to put in my FAQs on my web page because those are true queries. And Google looks at things in semantics, in completes. So it's looking for certain words on a page before it says, yes, this page is the source, push it up. People come to it, like it, stay a while, push it up. So not all content is made in Google. Some of it is made in, for other places like YouTube. Suvel is um, this website, and I'll try to show you really quickly. It scrapes multiple ver vertical directories and shows you what the most common uh, suggest is for all those directories. And it gives you kind of an idea what, you, what you'll title your YouTube videos and what you'll title different content. Um, and then Google Developer Tools, you're just going to find APIs, different things there. You'll eventually get deep into that when you're needing different things. Beacons has to do with location technology. They've got this new program where they're sending these things out to uh, businesses and it just, it's just, they're always developing something. Campaign URL tracking. I put tracking codes on everything I do so that I can get that information in my analytics and see exactly where they came from. And so they're just little UTM codes. I put them in my AdWords. I put them everywhere that I need to track so I know where people came from. And that's where you get those at ga-gov. So successful digital marketing. This is the part that you'll really get a lot in the textbooks. And this is absolutely the reality. Successful digital marketing requires knowing your audience, their pain points. You guys have all learned about pain points. Um, once some people can go their whole life and not ever snapshot a pain point, never grow a business. Some people can snapshot a pain point in an instant. Some people can snapshot multiple pain points and create multiple great businesses, maybe even be a serial entrepreneur. I am not um, a serial entrepreneur. I'm trying to snap pain points for my users, for my end users in my uh, current business. I'm not trying to find pain points and create another business. So um, questions and concerns and knowing how and where to reach that audience, this is all successful digital marketing. It's trial and error. It's science and art. It's you using your, your, your brain. And so it's being, you know, the, the hierarchy of needs. You guys all learned that somewhere in this college because I know I learned it here. Once you've got all of those things, you can pay your bills and you've got people that appreciate you and then you're up in that top where you're actually actualizing so that's really where you're going to make something great, where you can really tune into using your thinking skills. On how can I think through this and get to where they're going to be, beat them there, beat the competition there. And successful digital marketing starts a conversation, informs, educates, and delights in an authentic, honest way that builds a relationship with prospective customers, turning them into buyers who can become loyal advocates of your brand. At the end of the day, cash flow is king. And so um, when, I did, when I taught, I was an educator, I didn't care about cash flow. When I was a musician and creating CDs, I didn't know anything about cash flow. Um, when I was a franchisee, they sold me a way to get a cash flow, a process. When I opened up Harper's Hut, I created a product that had massive amounts of cash flow, but it was seasonal cash flow. And then when I had an agency, then I realized that I had to reproduce for my agency, but then I had to reproduce for these clients saying, I can find your clients for you. I can put you in front of them. I can help you increase your cash flow. And, um, and I have done that successfully. So if there are any questions, maybe you have a pointed question for me in that regard. Maybe I can show you something that I use. Where do you, do you, who has questions? Anyone have a question? Anything specific? I'll go for it. Yeah, do it. Um, where do you see the latest development for, for marketing in the digital space? So in the digital space still, Google is king, but who's making a really big run for their money is Bing. 
And so Bing made that contract with Alexa. And so Alexa, you're talking to Alexa, Alexa scrapes Bing. And so if you're not getting your business in Bing, you're missing out on everything that Alexa offers. And so one of those tools I told you about, Yext, getting in the directories, Yext is so powerful in regard to how many primary, secondary, tertiary directories that they submit to now, they have a contract with Alexa. So if you pay for the Yext listings, you're instantly going to be accessible in Alexa. So Yext, is it uh, B2B? Yext is B2B. You have to have a business to get directories, list, uh, listings for your business. So what does, it mean, um, what does that mean for the average consumer? And in what sense does it help us to enter the funnel process? So for an average consumer, um, Yext is going to put you in probably 80 different websites. Each one of these websites got there. Why? Because they have an audience. And so somewhere on that website, they also have directories linking back to businesses, supporting, promoting certain businesses over others. So these right here have the potential to bring in uh, foot traffic into your website and potential leads. I don't use it for that. Mm -hmm. I use it for the authority and for the ability to have all my directories lined up the same. Because for search engine optimization, it's all about the NAPWC. You guard this in your safe. It's your name, address, phone, website, category. You guard it with your life. And so these directories helps you line it up. Name, address, web, web uh, name, address, phone, website, category. Where else it's going is the Internet of Things, talking into your phone, voice search, image search, video search. All that technology is happening right now. It's, it's getting wild. For a digital marketer, it, it, you got to have a, a really smart brain to, to keep up with these developers. So you say look out for Bing and their developments in SEO? I would pay attention to Bing. Yeah. I would pay okay. attention. Because at one point they were like 10% of the market. Now they're like 20, 25%. Mm -hmm. And so no, Americans, we love capitalism, but we hate the um, monopoly. Mm -hmm. And Google's getting really close to that line. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd also love to field any questions you have about digital marketing, web development, or SEO. Hit us up at william at nozakconsulting.com or dave at nozakconsulting.com. For now, this has been the Digital Marketing Lab Podcast. Mm -hmm.